God has been um, been preparing our hearts, <laughs> and even tonight, it's just a picture of that and uh, a part of this bigger thing that He's doing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a passage from Joshua three, and uh, it's this picture of the people of God about to enter into uh, the Promised Land, and uh, there's something. Dividing them, the Jordan River. You guys remember that? Um, either from a few weeks ago or maybe you've read it before. Um, and uh, the call to the people of God is um, to consecrate yourselves. Because why? Because the Lord says, because I'm going to do great things among you. And uh, I was thinking about that, that proclamation, that word. And um, actually, it's a lot more, it's a lot similar more similar than we think to the words that Jesus comes proclaiming when he comes. Um, do you remember the first words that we hear Jesus when he kind of steps into his public ministry? He says, uh, repent for the kingdom is at hand. And uh, I was just thinking about it and realized actually there's, there's such a direct correlation between those two words that God spoke to the people. The first one, prepare yourselves, consecrate yourselves, because I'm going to do great things among you. And then this call from Jesus, the very first thing he says, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. I believe when Jesus spoke those words, he spoke them with the same excitement that Joshua had when he called the people to what? be set apart. And essentially, it was the same call. It's a call to consecrate our lives. When Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom is at hand, I believe that was an announcement of great news. The very first word he spoke as a part of that announcement was repent, which is essentially to turn from your ways and to turn your eyes and your hearts and your lives to God. And I believe there's a direct correlation, as we talked about a few weeks ago, a direct correlation between the great things that God wants to do in and through us and around us and among us with this, this call to consecration. And I believe he's, he's wanting to reinforce that tonight. Um, you see, because it's an everyday thing. It's not, okay, I did that once. I said yes to Jesus once and and now I can just kind of go on with doing things business as usual. And I believe tonight, as a part of what God has been speaking already, this call to consecration, um, He's calling us in this room tonight to continue to just let Him peel back the layers and to, to give things to Him that maybe we've still been holding on to. Um, so the words of Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. And what I, I sense God's heart is saying, I don't want you to miss it because I made you for this. I've made you for this. I've made you for this time. I've made you for this place. I've made you for this purpose. You guys follow me? I want to read, I want to read a word from... Hosea, and I want to kind of preface that before I get into it. Um, as I was praying about tonight, I felt like God kind of 
wanted to hit the pause button on our on our journey through Hebrews. Um, we're going to come back to that. Um, but I sense that um, even on this topic of of letting Him work in our hearts and in our lives, and and letting Him sort through maybe some of the stuff that we've we've even had off limits to Him. Um, you know, this week coming up is a significant week in the life of the church. It's the beginning of Lent. Um, if you didn't know that already, um, you can keep your poker face on, pretend you're not surprised. That's all right. <laughs> um, but this week is the beginning of Lent, and um, I don't know how many of you grew up uh, observing Lent, um, but I didn't grow up observing Lent, but in the past few years, I feel like God has kind of shown um, shown me the significance and and the fullness and the richness of this time as we um, really observe it, as we um, engage with what um, the, the church historically has participated in um, this season called Lent. And so um, I feel like as we move into this season, it goes right along the same lines of what God has been saying already, uh, this call to set our hearts and our lives apart and wholly and completely for him as our response of worship to God. <clears throat> and essentially Lent, if you don't know, if you're not familiar, um, it's, it's the, the season leading up to the cross, leading up to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, leading up to Easter. And historically in the church, it's been a time of, of giving up things, of of surrendering things to God, of saying, God, um, I give you these things as a gift, um, as a response of who you are and what you've done through Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I struggle a little bit with some of that because even as I think of how it's observed, I don't know if any of you know this, but if you go to um, most fast food restaurants, um, beginning this week, you can get a fish sandwich. Um, some of you, that doesn't excite you at all. That's kind of exciting to me. I really like seafood. Um, I went to Chick-fil-A last week. Um, follow me here. I went to Chick-fil-A, and they had this, um, this big poster up in Chick-fil-A, and it said, for a limited time only, fish sandwich. And I normally get chicken, but I was really excited because I was like, well, their chicken is great. Their fish has got to be tremendous. It's a limited time. I got to take advantage of this. So it's like, I was like, I'm going to have one chicken sandwich and one fish sandwich. And I smiled, and the lady, she was like, I'm sorry, uh, that doesn't actually start till Wednesday. And I was so confused because I'm like, you have the picture right here, this giant poster with the fish sandwich. I didn't get a fish sandwich. Where am I going with this? Our our culture at large observes this thing called Lent. Like they kind of realize, you know, people are are giving up things like like meat or chocolate or whatever it is, you know, something tasty, right? We'll get rid of it for 40-plus days, and um, we'll write it off as, like, um, you know, something we do for God. I think we should have fish sandwiches all the time, just to be honest with you. Why do we need Lent to bring that out? Yeah, yeah okay, that was a bad joke. But seriously... No, but I got to thinking about it, and you know, our culture kind of observes this thing as well, and uh, maybe some of it is just we want to sell people stuff, and if they're not eating chicken, we better sell them fish. Um, But I I think that sometimes this season of Lent can be misconstrued. I think we can approach this season as 
um, God, I'm going to give you something to kind of get you off my case. I think some people approach Lent that way. I think some people, it's like, God, I'm going to stop eating steak. Aren't you proud of me? No one in this room, I know, but some people are probably thinking that. And I, I don't, like, it confuses me. And I think that if we approach this season in that way of like, God, I'm going to give you something um, so that either you will love me or that you'll kind of leave me alone, we're missing the point. I think sometimes that happens, and it's not, not even Lent that brings it about, but it's just our own wanting to kind of please God or wanting to um, feel like He's okay with us or He loves us. And so we do stuff. And I want to read something tonight. We've been talking about obedience. And I really believe that the, the heart of the Lord is saying, look, this season, I do, I want your lives. I want your heart. I want all of the good things that I've given you. I want you to give them back to me as a response of love and a response of obedience. But I don't want them um, as a sacrifice so that you think that you can kind of have permission to continue to live the way that um, you see fit. I don't want them as sacrifice because you think by giving me those things that I will love you any more or by not giving me those things that I love you any less. I want them. I want you. I want your obedience born out of love. I believe that's what the Lord is saying in this season. And this is what the Word says in Hosea 6. Just hear the Lord's heart in this. He says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. An acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. I believe there's a picture there of this thing um, that God is wanting to work in our hearts in our lives and it's a picture that ultimately leads to life but it's actually a picture that the way we enter into that life is going to be a little painful so I believe God wants to bring abundant life for you that's something he proclaimed so loudly through his son he says I have come to give you abundant life. Each of you. Each one of us in this room. That is his heart for our lives. Now the way we get there. I think sometimes is a little confused. The way we get to that abundant life. Is through death. 
the way we get to the place that God wants to bring us, the purposes that he wants to work in and through us, the joy that he wants to establish in our hearts that would be so unshakable that nothing could uproot it, the way that he wants to get us there is through this thing of turning, turning to him. It's through death. It's through surrender. It's through giving up. Not as a sacrifice, but as a response of obedience and trust. And willingly. Do you hear me? That's what God is asking tonight. The Lord is is calling His people to turn. Calling us to turn. For some of us, it may be getting rid of some things. It may be getting rid of some things. Last week we talked about giving our yes to God and how he so longs for our yes and how it matters to him and how there's power when we say yes to God. And just to add to that, we will say yes to someone, to something. We will say yes. It's just a matter of who and what we're saying yes to. Our yes is an overflow of where our heart is. And the Lord is calling for a yes that would come from His people as an overflow of love for Him. This season, the call to turn, the call to give to God what is already rightfully His, the call to give up things that are not from God, all of that is a response of what He's already done. All of that is meant to be in response to what he's already done. So a couple things. Um, I believe in this time, I really hope that for us as a church, we would, um, we would go into this together. There's power in your yes. There's more power in our collective yes. When we as a people could say yes together in one voice. I believe that's why Jesus prayed for the unity of the church. It was one of the last things he prayed because he realized that to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish, to do the things he wants to do, it's going to be something that we need to do together. So there's power in our yes, but there is more power in our collective yes. And believe his will is that we would be united We've been praying for unity in this church, in this place. And I believe part of how we're going to get there is when we as a people, in this, in this thing of giving to God what is His, of turning from the things that, that are not of Him, that we would do that together. You hear me? That we would do that together. There's this kind of uncomfortable and sometimes painful thing. It's called confession. But it leads to life when His Spirit is in it. There's a difference between confession and condemnation because confession always leads to life. And I believe the Spirit of God wants to reveal things in our hearts and our lives tonight even and wants us to bring them out through this thing called confession so that His grace can actually deal with them. His grace is in your life to empower you to live the life that He's called you to. It's not to free you to live a life down here. 
So his grace is here in this place to empower you to live the life that he's called you to. And I believe tonight that he wants us to get there through this first step of saying, God, I know you're speaking to me on these things. I want to let you deal with them. And actually that we would share that with each other so that in that we not only bring things to light, but we let, we let his spirit in us and in this place together sort through that. That's going to be a little uncomfortable. I give you permission to be a little uncomfortable. But I also want to invite you and encourage you to participate in this. So what I want us to do, um, I want us to, I want us to um, just pray for a minute. And then I'm going to free you guys up. And what I want to encourage you to do, if you, if you don't feel like you can do this, it's fine. Okay, um, But I want to encourage us to take this step of saying, yes, God, I will let you sort through this thing that you're, you're doing in my life, that you're revealing, things that you, you've been wanting to uncover, things that you've been wanting to remove from me, even as we've been praying earlier already, and that we would actually take that to somebody. and Let his grace cover us, maybe in a way that we haven't felt. You guys Okay. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. I thank you for the way that you speak tenderly to us. You speak words of love. You speak words of life. You speak words of healing. I thank you that just as that word from Hosea said that you even in the pain, God, that your desire is to restore us. Your desire is to restore us. And God, I pray that that truth would be so strong in this place. God, that we would step into in willing surrender. Even the uncomfortable and potentially painful act of just saying, God, I lay this stuff bare before you. I bring it to the surface. I, I confess that there's things that I need you to deal with. Things I need to turn from. Things, ways in which I need you to reorient my heart. God, I pray that in this place, that there would be a unity of your spirit in this place that leads to life, God. That together in this place tonight, God, that we would be able to raise each other up, God, in prayer to help release your freedom in this place tonight. God, I thank you that the forgiveness that you brought, it came through a person. It came through your son. It came in the flesh. And I believe tonight, God, you want to reenact that truth, that your forgiveness is a tangible forgiveness. I believe you want to do that tonight as we just open up. So I pray for freedom, God. I pray you would cast out all fear in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to invite you guys right now to just find somebody. One person, someone maybe that you trust, you can confide in, um, and just pray for each other. Um, If there's something that God's put on your heart that needs to just come to the surface, come to the light, 
share that. His freedom is in this place. I don't want you guys to counsel each other. This is not what this time is about. I don't want you to um, make funny faces if you hear something that surprises you. Do your best poker face. I'll give you the truth. It doesn't surprise him, okay? I want you to just bring in his grace and his freedom. So find somebody. Pray for each other. If you don't feel comfortable with that, that's fine. You can hang out in your seat and just continue to let God do what he's already doing. And we're going to come back together in a little bit to take communion. Okay? Thank you.